and I. We were talking about coronavirus. Now we're talking about anime. Finally, you will get to see the full extent of my power. My name is Astro Boy, and I'm a robot. I'm a ripoff of Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, this intro is hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't follow that. You know, I'm Astro Boy. <laughs> I am here to end this. Oh man, no, you got the universe. Oh, bro. Oh, yeah. I got, oh, I got one more. <laughs> Let's fight in song. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was still cool. I loved it. Hey, everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is Anxiety and I. Um, we are coming at you today with full on um anime conversations going on today um i have as always my good buddies with me my fellow podcasters joining in today hey what's up everybody it's jay rance what's going on jay how you doing man i'm good i'm good i don't know why i thought he was talking to you for a second frank i was like i was like oh that one's new <laughs> that was a, a spider-man reference you me you <laughs> <laughs> oh, Val. Uh, I'm okay. I'm waiting for the Grim Reaper to take me as I'm trying to get better from this oh, little God. bug I'm having. But I got this. <laughs> He's gonna power through. He's gonna power through, and we are gonna actually. Get this. Do we need a Zenzubin for, for Val? No, no, no. We need Ryuk to come, and I'll give him some oh. apples, and he'll grant me some rich wishes. So I got this. <laughs> How you say? It's tasty. Mm. <laughs> oh no, he's a juicy. That's right, he's a juicy. Juicy. <laughs> all right, everyone, thanks for tuning back in. If uh, you know you're tuning in, want to appreciate all your support in this. Um, yeah, today's gonna be real fun. Um, just I've been reading a lot about you know how anime. I don't necessarily say it's making a comeback, but I think that you know um, it's getting all the love that you know it deserves. That it's kind of been gone for a while. It's only been you know held together by its cult fan base. Um, but I know Netflix is really in the forefront uh, when it comes to kind of reigniting that flame. Uh, so kind of want to get all, everybody's opinions on that. And, you know, the big question for today's episode is what makes a good anime? Because there are just dozens and dozens of, you know, very many different types of genres of animes and just, you know, the, the animes themselves. There's just so many, you know, for anyone who's wanting to get into anime, you know, hopefully this will kind of, you know, be, uh, you know, that stepping, what's that phrase? Stepping stool? Stepping stool. Pato, Marada, Yeah, yeah, you know, your first step. <laughs> your first step into all things anime. Um, and, you know, hopefully it just helps you figure out, you know, um, you know, what you want to watch, you know, what you should be looking for. So, um, and I know my boys are going to have 
amazing references for you all. So uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real serious off the back. I'm super 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 bougie and picky when it comes to anime. So I'm gonna be the Frank in this episode. So <laughs> Tom, super interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's a surprise. So, actually, let's start right off the bat. What does anime mean to you? You want to say that one, though, or you want me to take it? I'll go for it. Um, Yeah. So, when we're looking at the traditional sense of anime, you want to go into like Asian culture, whether it's Korea, whether it's Japan, or even China itself as well, too. Anime is basically storytelling done with, of course, animation. Of course, at that time, in its inception, you had different things come out in the case of anime. Walt Disney, Warner Brothers, and of course, uh, coming out of Japan, you had things like, you know, Astro Boy and Gigantor and things like that. And they were very much references to what was happening in the real world. Let's say World War II, um, let's say, you know, um, communism that was happening with the Cold War. A lot of these animations were based on references that were happening in real life, whereas in America, you had more happy-go-lucky animation. So anime, to me, always had a message a strong message even though a lot of the beats are the same the message is there like someone overcoming something mm. all right you just got real political i thought we were gonna yeah. i thought we were gonna get raw and emotional objection you're about to drop the gavel well since you got technical you know terminology to me i'm just gonna give you like my role um feelings and emotions to me anime just means like real life shit you get what i'm saying it's um like 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 val said it portrays a message of stuff that goes on current affairs things like that but it also touches to me like what people feel behind closed doors or what like emotions and demons that they battle and to me it's just real life shit you know raw emotion gritty uh, uh how can i say emotions just connection you know it's like Hey, we know what you're going through. Obviously, you're not the only one going through this. So this is it. You know, it's just like coping. And I don't know. It's just emotions. That's what it means to me, honestly. It feels. And because it's, it's, it's powerful, powerful. And a lot of people just compare it to, oh, my God, you watch cartoons, but you get so much lessons, real shit, current affairs, things like that. So to me, it's just like emotions. What does it mean to you, Jake? <clears throat> yeah, you know, um, to be honest, uh, anime for me has always been kind of like a different kind of escape. I mean, you yeah. know, when you compare it to, you know, uh, American cartoons, I guess you want to, you know, put that comparison. Um, American cartoons, I feel like, are just there to like, just not necessarily distract you, but, you know, it's something fun to watch, you know, and it's like, you know, you're you're there to occupy your time. But like, I felt like <laughs> anime had more of like a, uh, like, oh, shit, you know, I got to be here on, on, on Thursday night. I gotta i gotta see what happens you know mm-hmm. uh, whereas you, you know every like my favorite cartoon of all times like courage the cowardly dog again one of my favorites is i was always there every time courage would come on but that was just again that was just another episode it was just something fun to watch loved it but like when it came to specific animes it's like like catching up on on, on a tv sitcom or, or you know a tv show it's like oh i have to be there um and it's it's uh i guess it's realism that it captured is what made it more captivating um and really made it stand out on its own so i think that's why a lot of people 
um, you know, uh, gravitated towards anime. Gravitated. Yeah, no, I agree with you because if you look at, I mean, and I'm not trying to bash cartoons in no way, shape, or form because I love cartoons. Was that a snicker, Val? Did you just laugh? Oh, anyways. no, no, no. I'm like, okay. I'm just messing with you. You said snicker. Val's grumpy. Here's a snickers. <laughs> I turns into Joaquin Phoenix now. I'm What's up, everybody? <laughs> you are now and forever known as Snickerbell. Like if you were, if you were ever a fairy, Snickerbell is where you're. It's like the fat ass fairy that just eats chocolate all day. Zippy doodah, motherfucker. What's that? Like, little like fly wings that that flap like hysterically, like. <laughs> How to beat and shit. <laughs> I don't. My wings don't work, bro. I have like a little fucking little invisible line, like Godzilla, that just carries me everywhere. <laughs> oh, I'm so done. This is great, but no, yeah. Um, just to just finish what I was saying. Um, I get you. It was that realism. And uh, that that captivated because I'm I'm not trying to bash cartoons, but you know if you look at cartoons like anything that we grew up on, Cartoon Network, uh, whatever Johnny Bravo shit like that, whatever you know things like that, it really didn't capture you there. It was just like a lot of dumb shit. But you know mm. you have stuff like Dragon Ball Z where you got Gohan fighting Cell. That's kind of like your typical you know bully. You're standing up to a bully, so people can mm. relate to that. So they're like, okay, let me stick to this. Let me come back and watch it. You get what I'm saying? We're kind of like Frieza. And Goku and the, uh, and Namek Saga, so it's like realism, and that's why I said it's just like raw emotions. And things so like that. I, yeah. I agree with you on that standpoint right there, because when you look at anime, at least in the traditional sense of anime, yeah. it it treats the audience with respect. We know that we could talk about themes such as death, we could talk about rape, we could talk about violence, we could talk about love. And we don't have to sugarcoat it. Whereas, like you said, in American cartoons, I'll take the 80s out of it. But if you look at the 60s and 70s, things like Scooby-Doo and, like, the fucking Batman Adventures and shit like that, they were all just things, Looney Tunes, they were all just things to, you know, get your mind, escapism, but just nothing really serious. But when you look at, you know, actual anime that come, came out at that time, like G-Force, G-Force was one of my favorite animes. And if people don't, don't know that, it was basically like an earlier version of Voltron. Yeah, all these characters had like different bird outfits, and they were in space and whatnot. And it was it dealt with death, it dealt with mourning, it dealt with you know heroism. And this was coming out in the seventies, almost uh, late uh, early seventies, going into the eighties, right there. So while <laughs> people were having their their um, dick dastardly racing um, <laughs> and things of that nature, you know, there were real conversations mm -hmm. happening in G Force. Yeah. Shouldn't you not talk about the gerbil movie? <laughs> Listen, that that is uh that is ranked higher than cats and dogs, and I love cats and dogs. Are you talking about the cats and dogs movie with Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, <laughs> I can instant classic. <laughs> uh, our team is your team ain't duly squat. <laughs> Why do I remember yeah. that? Yeah. See. Look at that. Memories. Oh, I can't go. Oh. Only he would be able to. Anyway, I guess I kind of like answered my next question, which is, um, you know, 
how and why does anime stand out, you know, compared to, you know, the other cartoons that we would, that would occupy our time. But I guess, you know, to throw in the next question is, why did it only seem to cap captivate a certain audience, um, you know, with like gamers and, and, and I guess like those kids who would stay up late night just to watch this because Toonami started, like, I, did Toonami introduce anime to us? Or was it prior? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I wouldn't say it really introduced it to us, but I think it just made it more mainstream. Mainstream, yeah. Yeah, it just made it more mainstream because I know for, like, Val and I, I don't know if I speak for him, but I know for us, like, I remember going to this video game uh, nerd store that we always used to go to, Dragon's Den, and mm -hmm. we had... Uh, Japanese animes with the subtitles and things like that. So I just think Tsunami just really made it mainstream. I don't know. Okay. About no, yeah, uh, that I a thousand percent agree with you. Like, if you were looking for it, you were mm. gonna find what you want to find when it comes to anime, like Dragon yeah. Stand software, etc. Even the video games kind of mm. brought us to that. When you're looking at old school games like Battle Twenty Two for yeah. the PlayStation or whatnot, that made you want to watch Dragon Ball Z unfiltered. Um, but Toonami definitely did help in the late 90s, <laughs> but you you also gotta look at other things like Fox Kids, because Fox Kids brought things such as, like, Dragon Ball Z. Like, without what? Fox Kids, you weren't gonna get the whole, dragon, dragon, pump the dragon. <laughs> and although the dub was kind of weird for that one, it, it gave a generation, like, <laughs> that anime right there. Before that, like, before Dragon Ball Z, I could just i'm just thinking about a, a big anime that really took people by surprise mm. maybe like the movies like um ghost in the shell yeah. akira, akira those things really brought people like akira. you don't like akira bro no 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 i did no no i did it was just when i saw um akira i was so young that it was just so it was scarring like that that anime mm. that movie scared me like I really believe, like, holy shit, this could be, you know, at my such young little um, innocent Christian mind was like, oh, my God, this might be the future. What is this? <laughs> the devil. You know what it is? I'm not I gay. Say, what is this? I'll, I'll say it right here. Anime, it, it was the first open world for a lot of people. It was a yeah. sandbox that you were introduced to. Mm -hmm. So when you look at, like, things like, I don't know, like Tiny Toon Adventures and things like that, you already knew mm -hmm. what you were going to get yourself into. Mm -hmm. When you look at an anime like Dum Dum Wing, and you're looking like at a vast world of different mech armors, and then the mm -hmm. the 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 merchandise that came out of that, I remember my boy Jay, like, he used to buy, like, the, the build your own mechs Hell and yeah. whatnot. <laughs> and, like, just looking at things like that, like, little things like that, little nuances like that made you want to dig deeper into the culture and find the little tidbits that were personal to you. You don't see anybody fucking making a build your own Tweety Bird? No. But if you want to fucking <laughs> hey. build your own Gigantor, you're gonna hey. do it. Hey, actually, actually, so I didn't necessarily have a build your own tweet. Okay, <clears throat> so hold on. We're gonna take a little detour here. <laughs> I let me just say that if there was any moment that I should have looked back on my life and 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 would have thought like, hmm, that was pretty gay. It was <laughs> kindergarten. It's kindergarten, and we're going on a field trip to SeaWorld, and I wasn't so excited. 
about our field trip to SeaWorld as I was, and I don't know where the hell I got this, who the hell gave it to me, where it came from, but I had a Tweety Bird sailor suit. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Bro, it was the cutest outfit, and for whatever reason, I was obsessed with it, and I thought it was just perfect, like, oh my god, we're going to SeaWorld, I have to wear my my Tweety sailor suit outfit, (laughs) (laughs) and I did. There's a picture that exists, and I haven't found it yet, but there's a picture that exists of me I need to see this. in front of SeaWorld San Antonio. So there may not have been build your own Tweety Birds, but there was a Tweety Bird Taylor. No. I want to see you looking like a gay Spanish Donald Duck right now. That looks fantastic. I was going to say that, Val. We need to see this. <laughs> that right there could be an anime out of his own. <laughs> Why are we doing this? But no, I think just to piggy, piggyback off of Val, I think it just goes back to like how we were just talking in the beginning, how Val said his current affairs, and um, just to kind of like uh, add to what you said, Jake. Um, it's just you know we got the Tweety Birds and we got the the little vulture. I forgot his name and stuff like that. And it's just you know, or the Road Runners. It was just really like you said to occupy your time, get your mind off of stuff. But then when you got like Gundam, G Force, things like that, or um, I can't even Cowboy Bebop, and you're just seeing real life shit, and it's like okay. Or even feels like maybe that's why that crowd stood up so late to watch Tsunami because my parents don't get me. My brother doesn't get me. But, you know, Cowboy Bebop gets me or Gundam gets me, things like that. So maybe that's why that crowd is stuck out to that crowd because it always goes down to this raw emotion. And where I think, like, I was going to say with Val, uh, that I totally forgot, but it's just all about culture. You know how it is over here, how it is to Japanese culture, which I love culture over there. Cause I remember watching one of my favorite shows, Anthony Bourdain. I don't know if you guys watch it. But- oh, I loved Anthony Bourdain, man. That was just yeah. devastating. Yes, it was, man. And I felt that shit and I loved that show. And they were just, um, he was in Japan and it was, uh, how they were talking about how they embrace, you know, how they say the yin yang and, you know, every human has a dark side to them and how they just embrace that. And it's not taboo to them. And they were in a restaurant. I still remember this image. They were in a restaurant, getting some sake shots or whatever, chilling, eating. And the guy was drawing fucking hentai with bitches just getting, you know, I don't even know. I just want to go with the word. <laughs> Tentacles everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I retract all the word because it's the booze. It's the booze. But, you know, females... We're getting devastated by, you know, tentacles and stuff like that. But that's that's what it is to them. And I remember uh, Anthony Bourdain speaking that one of the most popular manga out there was about high school, you know, gay teens or transgender. So out there, they embrace it. And over here, it's just kind of like, oh, no, that's taboo. We can't we can't do that. Let's just pull the veil you know, over your eyes. And then that's when anime came and they were like, OK, this is some real life shit. You know, so well, it's true. You, look at, you, you, you make a great point there because mm-hmm. this all starts with with manga and with manga. Mm-hmm. Once again, it, it's it has the reader feel like they're not being like pulled to different directions. They're treating the yeah. reader with a certain um, deal of respect. There's loss. There's 
themes mm-hmm. that 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 you yourself, you know, a loss of a father, a loss of a sister, someone yeah. that just died, someone that is sick, someone that needs help, a, a hero's tale, someone who falls victim for being a villain but thinks he's a hero. This is all mm-hmm. already in manga and then it translates into anime. And you mm-hmm. look at just the history of just the novelizations that we got in America, you look at fucking books like Tuck Everlasting, although it's a decent book, it's a standard book for fucking elementary school, it really doesn't <laughs> teach you any many themes. It really doesn't. <laughs> like, ooh, you're a fucking family that can live forever because you jumped into this pond. Good for your fucking ass. But when you're looking at, like, manga out there, there's interesting themes that goes for every single category out there. Mm. Yeah, and that's just the whole other world, like you said. Sorry for cutting you off, because there's just different styles of manga, you know, and anime and stuff like that. You got the mech manga, you got the horror, the comedy, the sports, you know, the sexual, the fantasies. Yeah, the romance, and it just gets real crazy, but you were going to say, Jake, sorry for cutting you off. No, I I was kind of just chiming in there, too. It's, um, you know, the other thing that I've always noticed about um, anime that always really stuck out is that um, a lot of characters, no matter, like, how how insane they may have been driven, you know, how, like, how much personality that, that a certain character seems to have, they never seem out of place or they never seem forced, like, always Mm -hmm. here. Is this coming from somebody who's in the in the gay community? Like, oh god, it makes such huge headlines. It's like, oh, they're gonna add a gay character. What? They're gonna add a gay character? And then you know you have these people over here praising, and then these people over here throwing a fit. Whereas like in anime, like again, it never seems like a character was just added just to appease a certain group or anything. It's like, no, that's who this character is. That's who this character always was, and they're here. They belong here. They never feel like they were forced to be there. Um, at right. least in my uh, observance of, you know. Yeah. No, I, I'm sorry for cutting you off. And I just want to get like no. to, to piggyback and agree with you a thousand percent because anything like that, whether it's um, Ninja Scroll, for example, if you guys watch Ninja Scroll, my favorite character was, you know, uh, the guy that used to conduct electricity with the strings. I forgot his name. But if you know and you dabble, he's gay. You get what I'm saying? But it just fits so perfect. And um, nowadays, especially watching the, the big show show, you know, wrestling, WWE, and then just finish watching Onward right now, I feel like sometimes they kind of uh, force feed you that. Because I remember in the big show show, uh, one of the kids, he goes, yeah, my mother's said I can do this. I'm like, okay, so you're kind of forcing that. Even in, in Onward, you know, uh, when um, the cop was talking – to, to the guy, he was like, oh, my girlfriend. I'm like, this, this doesn't feel natural, it feels forced. So I agree with you a thousand percent. As an anime, mm-hmm. it just felt like one of the homies because, you know, um, mm-hmm. growing up, you always had that oddball character in your group or you had the rocker or you had a kid with maybe a dis- me. I speak for me because, you know, I, I have one arm and these guys embrace me, Val and everybody. So, you know, it was just always that that's why it kind of just meshes so well with anime because we know there's always somebody or a few people that are not perfect or, you know, with their issues and things like that. So, um, those force, you know, now in age, you were going to say something about it? No, no, no. Uh, I was just trying to go like back to like the first conversation that mm-hmm. Jake was saying about uh, how it, it was taboo and how things are getting better and how like, yeah. you know, Pandora's box is now open essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that it's mainstream because I definitely I don't feel it's taboo, but I definitely feel it's it's in its own corner in pop culture. Mm, um, yeah. 
because you still <clears throat> throw out anime, you still hear a lot of criticism for people that watch anime these days, still to this day, and like that the right? fandom that people have for it. And mm -hmm. I think the only reason why I guess it's semi popular these days is for Kawaii culture. And I think when you look at Kawaii culture, you know, with guys and girls that think everything is cute, like, oh my God, hello kitty, Kawaii. Oh my God, Pikachu, Kawaii. Oh my God, Yu Gi Oh, Kawaii. Like all that shit right there, cosplaying, of course. Cosplaying, right? A hundred thousand percent is another boom for anime culture, but it's mm -hmm. not really anime culture. It's you're not really half those girls that fucking dressed up like fucking Tifa have not played or watched Advent oh, Children no. or anything like that whatsoever. Oh. They just want to show off their big tits. That's all it is. Sorry, guys. I I apologize. Let me no. not generalize it right now. Maybe eighty five percent of you are doing that. The other percent no. right there have probably no. watched it. No, because I, I, I agree with you because that's all it is. They know uh, with them, it's a skin show. Hey, I'm a female. I get to accent my big old titties and shit like that. And I was just talking to one of our friends, D, that he was on our podcast. And uh, on Instagram, they just suggested me this uh, shorty. I forgot her name. But she you could tell she's like, I don't, I don't want to sound fucked up, but you can tell she's a bimbo. You can tell she probably doesn't dabble in the culture or whatever, but she's over here just doing her thing, showing her cheeks. Cosplay this, cosplay that, and, you know, look at her little fucking fingers and shit, and you got guys gushing over her, and then she's over here charging 10, 15, 20 bucks just to play GTA with her. The fuck is that? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? That's called capitalism, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's just like you said, just to piggyback what you said, half of these people don't understand the culture, you know, and it's maybe because of the Kawhi culture, like you said. Mm -hmm. stuff like that, so yeah it's funny because when i when i would picture kawaii uh, culture i would picture shit like fruits baskets and shit like, <laughs> those were like the few animes that i could just not do like it was just too much for me and like i can picture the person who always carried around their fruits baskets like collection with them you know going from class to class <laughs> um, but <laughs> Kind of, kind of uh, moving on with the conversation. So <clears throat> now, what was your introduction to anime? What was the show that caught your attention? Uh, not necessarily became your favorite, but what was the anime show that you watched that where you were like, huh, this, this, this drawing's different, this animation's different, you know? Like, what was that show? Ooh, for me, um, I'm trying to go back and think, but the one that stands out to me and just instantly hooked me to anime and got me into anime was Dragon Ball Z. That's the one for me, and it stands the test of time, and I will always say Dragon Ball Z got me into anime, and it's my favorite anime. I mean, I have a bunch of animes that I like, but Dragon Ball, to me, will always have a sentimental value, and that's the one that attracted me, because, like I said, um, just seeing the... the events going on i'm like okay you got these guys fighting you got these guys doing old kamehameha gatling guns this is stuff that we grew up on playing street fighter things like that throwing kai blast and powering up you know everybody had as a child growing up everybody had that little oh, i'm a superhero type complex <laughs> ah, yeah. power up. you get what i'm saying so just to see goku do that and all the things that went on and just gravitate to these characters it definitely has to be dragon ball z for me that just opened i mean i have seen it in the past other ones but the one that really grabbed me was dragon ball z and it just opened up the floodgates for me what about you val um mine's a little more long-winded so like mm -hmm. i remember when i was younger like 
Um, I, I had a giant Godzilla obsession, still do. <laughs> and, of course, when you're in the Godzilla section, you're looking at videotapes mm-hmm. from different mm-hmm. parts of Asia as well, too. And I think one of them that captivated me was Gigantor. And Yo, you I know that's a very... It is. You know what it is. Podcast like five times already. Straight up, I, I something about this giant fucking robot battling things, trying to save the world all the time. This this atom bomb of a fucking monster right here. That's that's everybody's friend. I love. And that was my first introduction. Um, I wasn't really an Astro Boy fan. I just never got into it. But Gigantor definitely. And then after that, um, G Force, Guardians of Space, uh, or Gotcha Man, however you want to call it, they're the same thing. That was yeah. another thing that really got me into anime. Just the the drawing, the the artwork from it, for the camaraderie of all best friends fighting the, an evil entity. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like Voltron before Voltron in a way. And I love Gotcha Man, G Force, mm-hmm. however you want to call it. Um, but just like mm-hmm. my man Jay, like after. After all of those, because I was quite young, I was like seven, eight years old, looking mm-hmm. at Gotcha Man and whatnot. But what really got me going with like a sense of loss, victory, uh, hopelessness, of course, was Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Especially Dragon Ball Z, because you got to see death on TV, mm-hmm. which you weren't used to. You got to see Krillin fucking explode. You know, yeah. you got to see Tien get his hand chopped off and look limp. You got to see Chao Su burst. Goodbye, Tien! <laughs> Boom! Like, there was literally death and consequence in Dragon Ball Z. No, yeah, I, I agree with you, and that's why I feel like that was the opening gate for a lot of people, but what was the gate for you that opened it up to anime, Jake? <laughs> uh, you would be probably surprised. Um, it's a little bit newer, I guess you should say. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what our age difference is, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. but I want to say, because, like, I knew my older brother, my oldest brother, I knew he was kind of, like, into anime, um, but I didn't really start watching it on my own until, like, uh, until I started convincing myself to stay up late, and the one that I would always watch first was always Lupin the Third, and uh, Mm -hmm. it, it was just silly to me, and, like, um, I don't I don't remember exactly what the episode it was that I was watching, but I was watching and I was like, you know, like this is actually fun. This is interesting. And then right after that, it was Case Closed. And Case Closed grasped me even more because it was just that one. It, I wanted to figure out, you know, what was like the whole ordeal with, you know, him being like young and like what had happened. So like it was it was another fun anime that like I just started to get invested in. So those were the two that got me introduced to anime that made me realize like oh i like this This, you know this is this is different this is cool yeah no i i agree with you and lupin the third is actually a great anime as well um but i just wanted to ask you a question because i remember you opened up the show when we were having conversation on facebook that you said you're just like really bougie and stuff like that for you what do you look for in an anime for you to, you know, just be attracted to it and give it a shot? Like drawing, character development, storytelling. What is it that you look for in an anime? Yeah. yeah so um, my, my first main thing is, you know, as a writer myself, um, is characters. Like the characters mm-hmm. are like, they're probably the biggest piece of that. You can have a decent story. You can have a shitty story. But if you if your characters are there to carry it, 
then it's worse in it's worth investing in because it's the personality it's you know um are there going to be consequences for their actions will there be death because you know even a single death you know taking that you know to final fantasy 7 with the death of Aerith, you know what i mean just mm -hmm. that like you can get so invested that losing that character can just do so much to you um and it is the storytelling, you know, like that, that's again, why I never got into, you know, the kawaii cutesy fruits basket shit because it was just stupid. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It just, it did nothing for me. Um, so when I'm watching an anime, it, it it's, uh, I'm, I want to say it's the first episode, but that would be a lie because when we get to that conversation la later, I'll tell you what my favorite anime yeah. is, you know, what that was, but, yeah. um, it's it's I, I will check out the first episode and the first episode has to sell it to me when it comes to anime it has to sell it to me i want to know what's ahead for me is this going to be like because i know a lot of animes are adventure types it's like okay like i love lord of the rings and i love the hobbit but if it's just you know this constant adventure from you know that's going to last 12 seasons then ugh, bro like Man, y'all gotta get to where you're going at some point, and there's not enough to fill in those gaps constantly for me. You know, uh, if it's yeah. a drawn story, like if it's just drawn out, like fucking Bleach, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you the time for that. I'm sorry. Um, and I think some of the best animes aren't there are those that are not like generations long. To be honest, hmm. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about that. Good. No. Yeah, I, I agree and I don't agree uh, because to me, what, what makes a great anime, number one is the obscurity, but simplified. Mm -hmm. So when I say that, it's like you can make an obscure setting, Cowboy Bebop, you're a space bounty hunter, <laughs> um, the big O, you're basically Bruce Wayne with a big mech armor or whatnot, things of that mm -hmm. nature, but they're, but they're set nice and tight where you can believe everything that's happening in that world. True. So that right there really captivates me. And then another thing, I hate heroes. I do. I'm not a Goku fan, I'm not a Deku fan, I'm not a Naruto fan, but when you look at the anti-heroes or the villains that become anti-heroes in a way, mm -hmm. their story arcs, and that only happens when you have a long, drawn-out series. When you're looking at, let's say, a, an anime like One Piece, you know, I'm not really into the Luffy character, but if you look, give me his, his pirates that finally come aboard his ship, like Zoro or whatnot, I'm mm -hmm. super into that because it's the, it's the character of I was your... You're your rival at first, and now I'm your friend. Look at Vegeta's angle. Mm -hmm. You know, the, with the first arcs of Dragon Ball Z, or at least the second arc of the Saiyan Saga, Vegeta is just a fucking despicable monster. And then he <laughs> becomes, you know, Goku's, you know, best ally. Um, um, you can say the same thing about all animes. You know, there is a, a constant heartbeat. You have your hero, and you have your anti-hero that follows along with you. I always felt like the anti-hero story had more meat to the hero than, than the hero. True. No, no, I totally agree with that. I've always, I've always loved those characters. It's like, I, I, you have to have that perfect balance of, you know, like good and evil and then like everything in between. Like a good example, um, two side characters that I've just always like absolutely hated in an anime were, um, was it, was her name? And Yu-Gi-Oh! Mei and Tristan. They were the most useless fucking people mm -hmm. on the sideline 
ever. I, I think they've like battled like here and there, but it was just like stupid because they were they were literally cheerleaders on the side. There was no point for them to be there. And I hated every time that they were there. Every time May would talk, I think her name was May. Um, you I, leave them off. alone because <laughs> they they made sure the power friendship beat fucking Seto Kaiva, beat fucking Pegasus. It was because they cheered with the power, love, and friendship that Yu-Gi-Oh! and Joey Wheeler, my motherfucking jo Joey Wheeler, okay, won tournaments because they were fucking cheering them on. They were essential, goddammit. It's time to do, 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 do. I summon baby dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I wizard. <laughs> I'm done. Fuck all that. I'm a set of fiber fan. I don't care what nobody says. Fiber. <laughs> you know me, man. I'm always a fiber. No, but, and then his fucking brother, Mokuba. Yeah. Like, oh, I hated him too. Like, you were useless. Get away. Okay, yeah. Mokuba was a little piece of shit. I agree with that. Yeah, Mokuba was a little piece of shit and useless as fuck. Yeah, he was like that piece of shit that would have flushed. You know, that little sack. <laughs> He's always getting flushed. kidnapped and shit like that. He's like Yu-Gi-Oh's yeah. grandfather, too. He was another piece of shit, too. Always getting fucking kidnapped and shit like that. You yeah, <laughs> Oh, man, that's great. <laughs> what were you going to say, though, Jay? <laughs> Yo, I was just going to um, piggyback off what you guys were saying. I agree that... Um, I mean, I agree and I disagree. Like, uh, like Val said, that maybe sometimes some of the successful animes or mangas, um, I just feel that they're just like so close, manga and anime. You know, because a lot of these animes that we got come from manga, so that's why I make a, a lot of references to them. But um, I think it's just fifty-fifty. You know, sometimes you have ones where you just gotta cut them off short. Where like, okay, this is it. But then if you see a lot of, like Val said, character development and things like that, and you develop mm -hmm. the anti character, you develop the surrounding cast, then you definitely have uh, a product for longevity. Because, you know, <clears throat> one of the mangas and animes that's, that I love, and it has like around eight story arcs, is Jojo Bizarre's Adventure. And mm -hmm. at first, it really didn't start from much, but... Um, it just developed and each storyline and each arc was a different Joestar character and they're dealing what they're dealing with in their universe. Like, you know, we saw prison breaks, we saw murders being solved, things like that. And that's why I think it just makes for good uh, product longevity. So it's 50-50. It's like, True. you got no one to cut it off, but then if you could just keep developing these characters, then okay, fuck it, let's keep it going. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah no, and, and, and I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Frank. Uh, no, sorry, I don't completely hate those that are long because again you know as long as the story's going and as long as it's keeping me invested then i'm totally here for it but mm -hmm. like you can't just like pull a, a specific villain out of your ass just for that one episode and then never see them again because then to me that's just like where you're just like intentionally um trying to prolong this story because you either don't know how it's going to end or you know you're trying to just keep you know you're trying to make rib the shit out of this just you know just <laughs> and again it's it's the ones that i see the most problem with that is it's like the super long adventure ones it's like eventually you have to get where you need to go even pokemon mm -hmm. got ash to where he needed to fucking go and i don't you know 
Didn't he just win like last year or like a few months ago? Finally, the Champions fucking league. Yeah, he looks like he, lo- he looks like he's thirteen, but like a fifty year old face. It's great. <laughs> One finally. Yeah, it's like stretch marks on his on his cheeks. It's great. I was gonna um, say they add a new line to his face every season. <laughs> he's, he's been doing this for a while. That's how but get this fucking badge. <laughs> I don't know because I feel like it's a double edged sword. Because like, all right, if you're getting into anime, it will be devastatingly hard to get into a thing like One Piece. Because that's like almost like two decades long already of you trying to get into that series, and they're still keep on going. They're still trying to you know look for buried treasure or whatnot. Two thousand years later. Um, not to say it's a bad anime, but you need to be invested into that. No, it's a bad anime. The only no, good thing about the only good thing that came out of One Piece was Captain Curl. He's just like I just I always thought he was like super badass. Um, and kind of useless, but like I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed his character, but that was it. But e- even if you look at a short one, you look at uh, something like Cowboy Bebop one season, and it was perfect. It does not need another season. I had a couple of movies that came out, but it does not need anything to continue because that's a self-isolated story. But then you look mm. at something like um, Bleach. Like, like, no, not Bleach. I want to say, because I like Bleach. I was going to say more so like um, Death Note. Death Note didn't need a second okay. season. <clears throat> Death Note could have been a standalone season on that <clears throat> first season alone, especially sure. with the light arc. I okay. felt like that could have been a standalone. Okay. You, you didn't need to get into the into the to the gods and to the ghosts and goblins that were happening in the background. It could have been a self- <laughs> ghosts and goblins. Yeah, self isolated story would have been fine just the way it was. No, I agree. I agree with you, and that's where you just got to draw the line. Where like, if you look at one uh, one piece, you hear me. One piece, you could keep it going. Now. Now that I thought about One Piece, One Piece will keep going because it's, you know, pirate hunting treasure mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. where it's just like, okay, you're not going to get much. It's just this notebook and that's that. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just, I feel like it's just when to know to pull the trigger and that's that and not hurt your product. You get what I'm saying? So, True. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so let's go to the ultimate question. Um, I and I think we may have touched up on this a little bit, but like, what? I guess let's start with 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 your number with your three top animes, starting with your number three. What are those? Wait, before I'm I'm so sorry for cutting you off and for deviating from the question. Top three animes. Um, Val was with this whole anti-hero and supporting cast and stuff like that. I wanted to ask Val a question. Um and Jake to see how you feel about it when you okay. said you're not you when you said you're not a Goku fan uh Val and you got Vegeta to a certain extent I feel correct me if I'm wrong but to a certain extent I feel that he's not the main character but Vegeta is actually more popular than Goku. Oh, that's hard to say because you have a lot of fucking Goku fanboys out oh, there. Oh, you do. You do. Yeah. <laughs> I think the most interesting character is Vegeta. No matter mm-hmm. what anybody says, Vegeta has the better story arcs. He has the mm-hmm. better um, action scenes when it comes to Dragon Ball Z. Uh, yes. Super is a little bit different. But um, when you're looking at Vegeta as a character, what he's come from as a Saiyan prince that basically gets shit on every time because the planet's there no more. So he's a prince of actually nothing at this moment in time. Yeah. And how he builds himself to be, you know, this selfish 
arrogant prick and now turns into a family man and only cares about his daughter and his wife, daughters, um, and his mm. comrades as well, too. That's just, you need, like, six to seven to ten seasons of, of anime, of manga, to build that character, to turn that character around. Um, mm. Whereas Goku... You know, yes, I can see why people admire Goku. He's a person that never stops, never gives up. And if you need that in your life, I kind of get that. Like, if you want to see that person that's like your Captain America, essentially, rock and roll. But to me, the person that's more relatable is not the person that just eats fucking ramen in five seconds. No, the person that's relatable to me is the person that, that deals with travesty and knows how to overcome it and change his life around. I'll say this. I don't care who the fuck says that. I think that Naruto has a better story arc than Goku. I don't give a damn. Because Naruto comes from nothing. Naruto was, mm -hmm. you know, a person that people are spitting on him in the streets. Yeah. That people are just, like, feeling like dirt. And how his redemption arc um, unfolds as well, too. Going even into Boruto. And I know Boruto's not that loved. But still, like, you have that story of just redemption from a fallen character turning into a an actual hero, an icon, if you will. Um, I like that. I, I could definitely put Naruto as... <laughs> Not to say a hero as an anti-hero because he has his faults and his faults define him. And that's a big thing. Goku has no faults. We, we, we see the faults. I think that Goku's a fucking horrible father. I think Goku's a horrible, <laughs> yeah. horrible husband. Yes. All he thinks about is training. Uh, he's a horrible friend because he lets people die like automatically. It happens in every season. <laughs> but, but fucking like if you look at him in the anime, he has no faults. He's a little arrogant, but that's really about it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Just uh. Just uh, uh. But no. But let me get your views, Jake. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, cause I. I I'm just saying that based on, you know me. I. I I'll go here on Vegeta. It's the fucking goat. I don't care about Goku. Like to me, Vegeta is everything in Dragon Ball Z. And honestly, he's one of the reasons why it has the success it has. Cause. I have seen that a lot of people gravitate more to Vegeta. And <laughs> how do you feel about that, Jake? Like, do you feel like, to a certain extent, Vegeta is more popular than Goku? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, there's really two ends of the spectrum here. And I think that, mm -hmm. uh, I think Goku is more of the fanboy, you know? Uh, and if anyone's going to showcase that they are a Dragon Ball Z fan, you know, to, you know, make that known to the world, you know, they're, they're going to gravitate towards Goku and show off everything Goku. You know, they're going to, you see yeah. those people dressing up as Goku. But I think, you know, kind of what uh, uh, Frank is saying here, that those who really did get invested into the show and into the characters, then uh, it's going to be Majid. No. I, I, the only reason why I see Goku, and this may sound <clears throat> a uh, biased, opinionated, the only reason why I see Goku being popular is just kind of like he's a Superman. He's unstoppable. And everybody has that God complex where I want to be the strongest, that ego. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that's why I feel people gravitate more to Goku. But if you look at Vegeta, like Pal said, you see this evolution of a character that came from being a fucking slime of the earth and to just being, you know, accepting his role and letting go of that ego. And then when we saw the tournament of power, where he was like, you know, when I was fighting Jiren, Go ahead, do it. You know, surpass him. Go ahead, go ultra instant. You know, just cheer him on. Go in his place. You get what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, he's still a fucking badass. Because if you could just sit there and just let go of your ego and your pride, that's fucking badass in my book. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So hell yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I, I definitely. And also, just I don't know if I shared this with you, Val, but um, it's kind of crazy because. And it's um, ironic in a way where you got Goku, he's always the strongest fighter in the universe. But then his son, which was supposed to be the prodigal son, you know, you know where Gohan's at. He doesn't like fighting. He stopped fighting, blah, blah, blah. And he hasn't attained a new form or whatever it is, you know, how that's that. But then you got Vegeta, which he was the weakest, supposedly, compared to Kakarot. And then you got his son, which has saved the fucking universe multiple times. Fucking badass. You get what I'm saying? So I like about that. About Dragon Ball, how they kind of turn the tables with yeah, their sons. Yeah. So, um, but and it was anybody gonna say something? No. no. Oh. Just a yeah, put yeah, a caveat no. on Gohan. I just people shit on Gohan a lot, and I get it. I I totally get it. But I don't think that's no. a, a animation's yeah. fault. I don't think that's a, um, a fault on how the show is. I think that's totally a Toriyama uh, issue right there. I think mm-hmm. he lost faith in Gohan actually capturing people when he was like a semi adult, and for some reason, since like. Because it was, it's documented that in that in the Boo saga that Gohan was gonna be, you know, the, the protector of Earth, but fans were dropping off because there was not enough Goku action. And for a, a person like Toriyama, yeah. he just ran away with his tail between his legs and said, "Bring Goku back. We need that." And I felt like that was the wrong decision. Yeah, because he's a Goku fan. I, I don't want to hear nothing. Toriyama is definitely a Goku fan, and I honestly. I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, how the tape, like, I get, I get what you're saying. It's definitely that. But uh, to me, uh, like I said, I love Vegeta. Trunks is badass. He saved the universe multiple times. But if you really look at it, to me, it's just, I'm just going to geek the fuck out. And people will be like, bro, it's just an anime. But if you look at it, Gohan has actually done more than his father, in my opinion, because he was the one fighting by himself with fucking Android 17 and 18 with one fucking arm. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it just shows his depth and how he could have just rolled. That was his moment right there for you just to shut Gohan out like that and stuff like that. It was just kind of, you know, kind of shitty and definitely should have gave him another form or potential for him to reach a new level. So, um, I don't know. I just think out real quick. Wasn't Goku going to be the like icon of the Olympics or like the host, quote unquote host? That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I think that. he was. No, I think he was. Yeah. I yeah. Was. No, I think I think he was going to be the official like um, uh, uh, host of the uh, 2020 Tokyo Olympics. He yeah. just shits on he everybody. Was. He's like, "Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm Goku. If I was there, I would have kicked all of your asses, but I'm not. Good luck." <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, with Goku, arrogant, fucking pompous prick. <laughs> 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 mm. You know what? I, I just wish that we had more ultimate storylines. Like, let's say Goku did crash to Earth and he was like the insane Saiyan that he was supposed to be and does like the whole global takeover. I want that what of story. That would be fucking awesome. I won't lie. Kind of like, uh, was that movie with the little kid that he's a super, uh, Brightburn. Super hero, but he's a Brightburn. Yeah, that movie could be so better. It was Honestly, okay. I, it was all right. Because you see, I, I, I just you enjoyed it? Oh, man. I, I don't know. I thought, to me, when I saw Brightburn, I thought we were going to get this little fucking kid just terrorizing Earth. You get what I'm saying? Just causing destruction, just picking people up or in buses. Oh, I'm going to drop you. I'm going to drop you. Like, you know, more psychological. You get what I'm saying? 
that's what I thought we were gonna get. But then we just got melting faces and fucking and that, <laughs> that jaw fuck. scene when he drops the truck at his uncle. When his jaw goes, they don't yeah. do that. <laughs> like that was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I died on that part. Like, I, <laughs> oh, I just thought we were gonna get more of a psychological fucking thriller superhero villain because you could have did in my opinion they could have did so much because it's, it's kind of like a, like a proto uh, superman uh, story yeah exactly and it's a fear just but, like kind of fear and weakness and yeah there was no need for all of that though because like it was it was literally this kid who i i think what they did was perfect because it was the moment where one it's it's like like he's he's fighting that doubt you know that he had the, the the whole time where it's like okay you know maybe i'm not normal you know and 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 just you know fighting the fact that you know he 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 no because you don't even really see that he loves his parents it's just once he started figuring himself out it was like okay now let me let me continue doing this and so then it was just based on that rage where it's like well holy shit i've had this power the whole time like nothing fucking matters anymore. And I think, like, they kind of focused on that perfectly. He, he loved his mom. The mother yeah. aspect was there. He said, fuck you, dad, like, many times. That was great. <laughs> Yo, when his father capped him in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> he was going, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, I, I don't fucked up. My bad. Sorry. Like, was, no, really? Was, like, was, no. Practicing my best Dick that. Cheney impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see uh, the short the shit we saw at the end that's what i thought we were gonna see the whole time when he was just like crashing into buildings just terrorizing and things like that more of a psychological thriller but it kind of did suck when he has to you know you saw it when he did has to drop his mom's all the way from that fucking altitude i was like damn that's kind of hard because he did love his mama like like val said so but yeah um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that makes sense because Goku is basically the archetype of uh, Superman. They're basically one of the same, you know, crash lands, alien to Earth and whatnot, sick it in by someone yeah. who's not of his kind and <clears throat> helps him grow up to be a, a stand-up individual in, in a way. I think Clark Kent's more stand-up than fucking Goku, but... <laughs> I Clark I don't know. We could just keep talking about Dragon Ball. Exactly. You could just throw another character. Yeah, you could throw <laughs> another character there in the mix. Broly, which we saw what he went through with Super and the Broly movie. But um, just to get back to um, Jake's question, top three animes of all time, that's what you were asking? Yeah, starting with number three. Number three. Val, go ahead. And I'm going to let you take that one because i got to think. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why I three. Because believe it or not, there's only three that I, I will actually claim as like i will walk really i have like okay. about a top 10 yeah. um yeah. so <laughs> no. you're really bougie when it comes to your head can, can i give some honorable mentions at least yeah no i have i have tons of honorable mentions but there's only three All that right. i will put um honorable mentions um outlaw star i love outlaw star um Okay. Let me see here. I love Bleach. My uh, My Hero Academia is recently has been one of my favorite animes. Um, Inuasha, uh, The Big O. Um, what's another great one that I could just go back to and just put it on a watch? Um, um, Naruto to some ex extent. 
And what's one that I absolutely love? Oh, Me- Megalobox. That's a recent one that just came out. Megalobox and Goblin Slayer are just perfect animes right now. I wouldn't put it in my pot top three, but they're pretty close. But if we're going to go top three, oof. Yeah. Starting with number, <laughs> starting with just the third. Starting with number three. Okay. Uh, where do I place everything? Damn, that's hard. This is hard. Yeah, you just, yeah, I have, my, no- I have my number one and number two already. But to, to kind of like really ground what number three would be. Um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll just say it right here. Um, I'll put right now as a recent favorite, I'll bump it up because specifically every season has been fantastic and the movies have been fantastic. Don't say My Hero Academia. My Hero Academia my has Hero been number Academia. three oh. right now. What? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm just going to say, I have not watched My Hero Academia. What makes it so fucking wonderful? I'm asking you about right now. Please sell me on My Hero Academia. Okay, so we love comics, right? And we love the aspect of anybody can have a superpower, kind of like Inhumans or X-Men. Well, basically, this is like the X-Men in high school. And I like that okay. right there. Of course, the main character is a little fucking wimp, and no one really cares about him. But it's just a <laughs> it's a, a dick who's such a fucking asshole. I hate him. He's just horrible, useless. But everybody else in their storylines, Bakugo. Bakugo is gonna be one that you're gonna love. Number one, he has a flame fucking grenade power, which you would fucking adore right there. And he's also the <laughs> asshole that punches Deku every de- chance he gets. He just has a pure hatred of. Deku because he's so favored and so loved that he okay. wants that inside himself. He wants that adulation that Deku is having all the time. So right there, that right. rivalry is means so much to the series. And right now we're in like four seasons in and that rivalry is still mm-hmm. there. But they're being bonded by like war. They're being bonded by like heroes versus villains. The villains are fantastic as well too. You have like the, the prototypical Superman All Might who is strong on the inside, yeah. but in the, uh, sorry, on the outside, but in the inside, he's just decrepit, like, useless man, but has a wealth of knowledge. And I think that side right here, that duality of strong versus, like, the the mindset of knowledge I could teach you, that's very, very influential as well, too, to the, to the series. I think all the characters in My Hero Academia have some kind of plot. Or some kind of story that you could sink your teeth into. It has the horniness, it has uh, the craziness, it has the battles, it has the epic, you know, showdowns with villains versus heroes. It has the the spies that are infiltrating the high school as well too to see how they could capitalize on heroes. Um, it has a little bit of everything that you could really get into. I think this is this generation's Dragon Ball Z. I feel that. No, I feel you, and I agree with you because that's all I see. My hero academia, my hero academia, man. And then, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> excuse me, that's all I hear. And, um, you know, recently um, I was living with one of my boys. You know, we were doing the whole roommate thing, and his son is a fucking My Hero Academia fan to the fullest extent. And I'm like, well, I just don't see he, it. What here's is it? what it yeah. appeals to kids, and especially for young mm-hmm. boys as well, too. The main character, Deku, you know, young Midoriya, he is the only one in this series so far, as, as far as the main character, that was born without a mm. power, a quirk. But he loves superheroes. Yeah, I heard about so that. So it's his okay. knowledge and, you know, him going on YouTube and looking up different superheroes and having a journal, writing things down. He has superior knowledge when it comes to 
battling all these villains or if he wants to like go against somebody he knows like a counter to that person because he studied them through tape and through footage and whatnot exactly but then he does get a power and now it's him struggling to use that power so i think right there just um um, not this well it's in the first season anyway so all might transfers his power to midoriya and it's like basically super strength or just enhanced body skills. So, like, he could run really fast if he chose to. He could be super strong if he chose to. But in the first, like, two seasons, every time he uses, like, like 1%, a part of his body breaks. Like, his yeah. arm breaks. His leg breaks. And he has to be in the hospital for, like, three weeks and shit like that. So, you get a chance to see all the side mm-hmm. characters step up and be heroes throughout the season. Which is cool. Because everybody else has pretty awesome powers themselves. Um, mm-hmm. So, to me, I feel like Number one, the story's great. Number two, the, the comic book aspect of superheroes lured me in. And the villains are just to die for. So that's why that's number three for me. Number two has to be Dragon Ball in its entirety. I I, I don't like GT. I know which is number one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, GT yeah, is not my Wait, favorite. Wait, no, no. Wait, but we got a lot of stuff from GT. GT can't get heat, though, because we got some good stuff from GT. Okay, all right. Uh, he, I have... I'll be bougie when it comes to GT. There's certain oh, things I really? like about GT, like let's say uh, Super Android mm-hmm. 17, uh, the Baby Saga, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Those are okay. Here's my biggest gripe. I hate Gogeta. You don't like Gogeta? I hate wow. Super Saiyan 4. It's a stupid fucking... Yeah, Super Saiyan 4. Super Saiyan 4 is a stupid mm-hmm. transformation. Here's why. Janimba? Okay, here's why. <laughs> here's why fucking Super Saiyan 4 is stupid. Okay, I understand Good. that we live in a day and age in Dragon Ball Z where there's magic and shit like that. If you fuse, you can magically get a vest, right? Okay. But none of these fuckers, Goku and, and Vegeta, are fusing at one point when they turn Super Saiyan 4. So they're in their regular clothes. They're like, hey, I'm in my little Goku getup. What's up, y'all? And out of yeah. nowhere, he forms, like, this red skin with a new fucking outfit on bands, like, out of nowhere just because he evolved. And the same thing goes for Vegeta. He fits into, he first comes out with his little glove, outfit, and short. And then the great fucking golden ape, which everything bursts, clothes burst, right? For him to come right back to Super Saiyan 4 with a new fucking pair of gloves on. Fuck you. That's stupid as hell. It's little things like that that get me pissed off. All right, it's little things like that. Chocolate! I, I just have to counter that because I love Super Saiyan 4 because Super Saiyan 4 actually touches the fucking uh, primal <laughs> aspect of what is a Super Saiyan and the yeah. same race. You get what I'm saying? It just the, touched their primal the, rage. The counter that, we got that in Broly. I feel like they did a you superb job like, with Broly yeah. with the whole Berserk mode before he turned Super Saiyan. No, You didn't like the Broly I, Evolution I, I movie? Oh, not, not, not the classic Broly, Broly but the new like, Broly came like out. No, the new one. The new one. I, I mean, I think they did a great job at just reinventing and doing everything with Broly and storytelling and things like that. He is an OP character. But I've just never really been a Broly fan, honestly. Um, I He is, he is. And the only thing that makes him OP is, of course, is that he reaches his ape form in human form. But that's why I like Super Saiyan 4, that it's like you're reaching your primal ape form, but you're still, you know, keeping it in control as opposed to Broly, which you can't no, do shit No, but like it. as a series, you know so, all, like even Dragon ahead, Ball too. has some good things <clears throat> in it as well, too. Uh, especially the end the end of Dragon Ball with the Piccolo Saga, the King Piccolo Saga and whatnot. I think Dragon Ball, to me, has everything yeah. you love about an, a great anime from a hero to a great anti-hero to great side characters um, to legacy characters. On the anime, having legacy characters, kind of like how Naruto's doing right now with Boruto. 
I like the fact that we can have a continuation years later with like a son mm. that grows up, a daughter that grows up, you know, alternate timelines of trunks and whatnot. I love that right there. It, it really it, it ages with the times. Maybe not so much with Super right now, and I feel like Super it's its, it's own condensed universe in a way. But like if you go into like Dragon Ball Z specifically, there's legacy characters that you grow up with, and that's why you're cheering them on. And I think that's why I love it so much. Um, Dragon Ball Z is just so so influential when it comes to people who love or got, got a taste of anime. Of course, not to make this too long-winded, but my number one has to be Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy <laughs> Bebop. I know it. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop to me I actually is, thought you were to me there, is and a perfect okay anime. It's short, sweet, concise. The storytelling is very easy to fall into. The music with the blues and the jazz is phenomenal. I just love how, how the music um, leads the mm. anime. I think that the score of the whole anime is just led on by 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 saxophones and trumpets and piano bars. And it's just unbelievable. The characters are all flawed. There's no perfect character. There's no character like, oh, I could be that person because he's happy-go-lucky. You know, Spike Spiegel is a war veteran that has done a lot of fucking crime in his life. Um, um, Jet is a is a is a war. <laughs> Um, hero that now is like a fucking mechanic off that ship. He's kind of old, kind of rusty and whatnot, but you know what? He gets the job done. Everybody in that show is flawed to the point where you know, they're, they're depressed every fucking day. They're scrambling for food. They're scrambling for, for bounties, but they keep on charging. The martial arts is incredible in that show as well, too. Um, and just the storytelling. The storytelling was Spike and Vicious and that love triangle that they have as well, too. It's just phenomenal. Um, the Real Folk Blues is such a great episode. Um, um, just the tower scenes of, of, of Spike Spiegel getting thrown out of a church by Vicious and how Vicious is basically the anti-hero. Like, he, you, you can see his motives and why he's doing it. The finale is just great of the duality of Spike and Vicious going at each other. And there's a point in time, Vicious, throughout the season, he's known for using a sword uh, and just slicing, dicing motherfuckers left and right. Spike Spiegel using the gun and how they both trade weapons and go after each other as a final fight. And the last thing you hear is, uh, see you later, Space Cowboy. It's just, it's so perfect. It ends so well. Um, it's dramatic. It can make you cry. It can make you laugh. It can make you invested into every single character. I love Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, now, that was just so fucking phenomenal. I love the passion. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I could go on. Like, there's oh, themes yeah, no, that, like, you know, other right enemy now. really touches sometimes. Like, there's a theme with, like, a transsexual <laughs> character, which you see there that, that you understand their motive as well, too, and why mm -hmm. they're doing what they do as well, too, because they're not accepted by society, and how Spike sees that. And he has to, like, look inside himself and yeah. say, do I take this person down? But I understand their, their, their morals right now in this position. Also, like, even the first episodes, you have, like, a drug addiction problem and how the wife um, is, is trying to protect her husband, uh, even though they're smuggling all these drugs for money so they can live a great and healthy life. You know, she, she right there is struggling of controlling her husband and Spike is, and Jen are just chasing these these criminals down and you want the criminals to succeed that's the thing in cowboy bebop you want the crim criminals the, the the villains to succeed in some way and i think that's what makes a powerful anime <laughs> well no, that was phenomenal we yeah. gotta clap for that one i don't know how i'm gonna follow all that but... <laughs> bro dude i'm thinking the same thing i'm like Stop as he's it. talking i'm like how the fuck are we supposed to follow this like <laughs> 
and the podcast here. <laughs> nah, um, actually, you know, um, me, I would have to go top three. Like Val said, Ooh, honorable really, honorable mentions. Really I want to hear honorable mentions. There's just so many that I love. Oh, honorable mentions. Um, and you know, my memory's bad, but it's just hard because um. I always just go yeah. back to, to manga. Like, I like Soul Eater. I don't know if you guys have been into Soul Eater. Um, I like Soul Eater. I like it's pretty new, trendy, new. I wouldn't throw it in my top three, but I like Attack on Titan. Um, what is it? Fire, Fire, Fire Squad? There? God. Um, Fire Force, there you go. Fire Force, yeah. Fire Force is great. Yeah, I love Fire Force. Fire Force is great. I love Full Metal Alchemist. That was one of the ones that I used to enjoy watching on Tsunami. Um there's just a bunch of my memory is terrible, but um, to just definitely now we're down to top three is kind of, kind of hard. And I would have to go with, I would probably have to sit here and say number three, because damn, Jake, you put us on the spot. But I would have to say, I just love it for based on the whole astrology and the Greek mm-hmm. mythology. I would have to throw Saint Seiya probably as my number three. I love I just love the whole astrology aspect, the Greek mythology, things like that. Um, mm. You know, ca- the characters are great. And what I love about it is we were talking on your uh, last episode, I think it was, we were talking about bromance. And I love how these guys, you know, just have a bromance because you saw them, they were together, you know, when they were children and stuff like that. And this bromance just carries on to when they're adults, even though Iki was an asshole, but, you know, they still had that love for Iki. And stuff like that just through the trauma that he went on Death Queen Island. But um they all have their stories, they're great character developed. Um uh Shiryu, you know, he's the ultimate bromance right there as well. He'll die for his uh fucking comrades where he you saw him in the first season where he gave up half of his uh blood in his body to just restore uh say his armor, things like that. So just seeing that sacrifice, and that's just how I am. I'm just like really Ride or die for my peoples. I love my peoples. And I was like, okay, this gravitated me. I mean, this gravit- uh, pulled me to it. You know, I gravitated to it. Um, second, I oof, <clears throat> I would have to throw Gundam because I'm a mech whore. I'm sorry. That's just about mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm just a really fucking big-ass mech whore. I, I love Zone of Vendors. I love Gundam. And just seeing these big mechs just flying in space and fighting and all that nature, things like that. And I love Epion. Um that that that's just really it, you know. It was a great, great anime as well, but um overall number one, I would just have to say it's just Dragon Ball Z. Like Val said, it's the first one that got me intrigued. And it just sucks because damn, I can't really say top three because I love JoJo Bizarre's adventure as well. But um <laughs> yeah, you know me, I've said that multiple times in the fucking anime. I just love JoJo Bizarre's adventure because just uh the whole mythology that brings with this mask where we saw it. If you read the the manga, the first pages, you see this uh, Mexican sacrificial ritual going on where he's just wearing a mask and things of that nature. And just the mask, you know, creates these people into these fucking vampires, half subhuman thingies. And then when it just evolves into the stands where you just got these uh, spiritual, I don't want to say guys, but these spiritual, um, entities attached to these peoples and that's how they fight and things like that and it's just really trippy but overall dragon ball z has to be number one for me because that's just what got me into the jojos it got me into the saint Seiyas, and it got me into the cowboy bebops the full metal um what just really captivated me about dragon ball was just 
you know, Vegeta. Honestly, that's what captivated me at first. Where you know, I've always, I've been a short dude. Val knows me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a short guy, five four, and I saw this short guy as well, just going through these hardships. I went through hardships as well. You know, mm-hmm. of course, you know, having the one arm growing up, you dealt with a lot of bullying and a lot of bullshit. So. Just seeing that and just made me gravitate to like, hey, bro, this guy goes through a lot of shit, you know, so I kind of related. And then just seeing the realism and seeing the things and then just also bonding with Val and all my peoples where it's just like we sat there religiously and faithfully waiting because we know Dragon Ball Z was just like, you would never get that mm-hmm. that defining moment. You always had to wait the next week, the next week, the next week and stuff like that. So it's just also a very emotional anime that just not you know, for what it was, but just what it brought around me and things like that, where it just made me connect to you guys and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. I couldn't follow it up like how, you know, but no, you're right, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, like to me, I, to me, it's just, I'm sorry for cutting you off out. To me, like I said in the beginning, to me, what anime is, I'm a very fucking emotional person. I, I, I admit it. I'm just like, if you want to say emo, but I'm just really in my feels and my bag or whatever you want to say. And that's what I love about anime. It's just really, it, it's, it resonates to me and it's just really emotional. And like I said, just, you know, led me to you guys. It just, you know, every, the, the things that it added to my life and all the feels uh, no, and all fine. that stuff, that's why I love it. What man. makes Dragon Ball Z so successful is that it has moments. And you have, you you earn the moments by by sticking with the series. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. people like to make fun of Goku trying to transform to Super Saiyan for the first time in five episodes. Totally understand that. But once you get that fucking episode where he actually transforms <laughs> and beats the living <laughs> shit out of Frieza, it's remarkable. Or you might get like, like a, yeah. a, a sleeper episode that you didn't think was going to happen, yeah. like when Vegeta turns Super Saiyan for the first time. You're like, what the fuck just happened right now? Like little things like that. Trunks is first appearance and he turns Super Saiyan and chops the shit out of Frieza. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frieza gets a lot of shit right now. I'm noticing that right now. Um, and and even in Dragon Ball Super, like you Frieza, know, as much Frieza, as you know, we shit on Goku. He had amazing moments. That that time where he didn't go full on Ultra Instinct, but he was at that that minus Ultra Instinct, whatever it was, where he defeats fucking uh, Khalifa with that amazing Kamehameha, <laughs> just fucking bouncing on beams and just straight up throws around her face. That was just amazing. And that was just last year or yeah. two years ago right there. So something so recent, but something so familiar that still makes yeah. motherfuckers yeah. jump out of their seat and go, yeah, he just fucked this chick up and we're horrible for saying that. <laughs> 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 no. no, I feel you. Just to piggyback off what you said, that that that's true because it has these moments where you just like sit there and you just like, oh, you know those moments where you just cup your mouth like, oh shit, like you know when he did the bouncing with the Kefla and stuff like that. We hit it with the Kamehameha, but even with the Jiren, when he's fighting Jiren and then yeah. you see just Jiren and he's throwing all those punches, you're like, oh, what the fuck is going on and stuff like that. Even when when um Vegeta, which is is kind of his answer to. Not really, but it's kind of his ultra instinct when he went Super Saiyan Blue, you know, the, the evolution of Super Saiyan Blue, that. And, uh, yeah, it's just moments like that. <clears throat> Sorry, um, excuse me. It's just moments like that because even in the Dragon Ball Z movie, to me, my second transformation, which was fucking epic, of course, number one has to be Goku when he went Super Saiyan against Frieza. But then when we saw finally in the Broly movie, yeah. Goku go, um, I mean, Vegeta go Super Saiyan God Red. And it was just so gracefully how he did it, just flying up, gracefully feeling the wind on his face, and he yep. just turned Super Saiyan God. I was like, 
that's fucking badass. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. But, so yeah, Jake, go ahead, man. Knock it out the park. Because obviously my <laughs> shit was just straight, simple, forward. <laughs> um, I think my choices are going to probably piss off a lot of people. But, you know, that's what I live for. So let me start with my honorable mentions. Um, my first honorable mention, I'm going to give it to an anime that uh, I found called Sayuki. Um, that one's based on, like... Uh, humans enslaving demons and stuff and like there's like a revolution uh with the demons and so like this band of friends you know this bromance i think that was like the first like bromance kind of thing i've ever seen and it was kind of like a raunchy anime and that's what like first intrigued me because i was like wow like they're really dirty in this anime mm -hmm. um but it was like a really chill uh really chill anime that i saw Another honorable mention that I want to shout out to, it's like I never really gave it the chance at the time, but like I, I actually want to go back to see is uh, Trinity Blood. Uh, Trinity Blood, like it had amazing concept, but every time I try to watch it, I just, I just couldn't do it. And I kept thinking because like every time I would jump into it, it was always like, God knows how late into, you know, the season or, you know, whatever it was in. So I never understood what the fuck was going on half the time. Um, but I, I believe that the, the concept for trinity blood was just like fantastic so i eventually want to go back into that one attack on titan same thing um that one made me cringe that was probably like the only anime that has ever ever made me cringe because like the first episode is just so sad and depressing and i'm like bro this is creepy like oh my god i was i, I was appalled at what i was watching it was the creepiest fucking thing i've ever seen but like the only thing that stopped me was that, like, when it slowed down, it slowed down a lot. And that was, like, what stopped me from watching it because I do not have the best attention span. I will find a way to distract myself. That's why, that's why I'm very picky with animes and, like, with TV shows in general. You have to keep me because I am all over the place. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Um, Fully Cooly is another honorable mention that I want to throw in there because it was one of those animes that's like so super short but worked in the few episodes that it had and it was it was it was a really great concept really great concept love fully coolly it was all over the place um and it took me to like a second time mm -hmm. to watch it to actually kind of figure out what was going on but it was great. just good it was fun to watch it was super fun to watch um yeah fully coolly is like fantastic um, but I believe that's going to be all of my, um, honorable mentions, uh, to be honest, I never got into the mecha animes. Never. I hated them. Like, Gundam hated it. Like, what? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's good, guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but like I said, you're probably not going to be proud of my top picks. But um, oh no, the other one, High, High School of the Dead, Dead was. Um, I, I think I had found that one on Netflix. Uh, oh, it was fantastic. Search that up. No, go ahead, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was just like it was. There was really not a lot to it other than you know Japan zombies. Boom, you know. Yeah, but you, <laughs> um, you get to see people just, with cricket so bats and zombies. That was pretty dope. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a really cool anime. It was fun. It was. It was. Short. I don't think they did a season two. I don't think they're gonna do a season two. But no, no. If they didn't, it's it just. I guess I wanted to continue. Um, but yeah, that's another fun one that I would re recommend watching. But with my top hits, starting with my number three. 
believe it or not, my number three, I'm actually giving it to Digimon. Um, Digimon holds a very special place in my heart um, as growing up as a kid. And um, when when I first saw it, like, I thought it was like super childish. But as the first season went on, I just got so super invested in it. Um, into Digimon themselves. Like, I think one of the best plots was uh, waiting to see what Patamon evolved into, you know, uh, which was Angemon, which turned out to be, like, the coolest fucking character I'd ever seen on TV at the time. I was like, bro, this is amazing. And, like, the villains were, like, super scary, and, like, they were very threatening. Um, and then when the, like, even though they were still, like, viruses, the fact that, like, some of the Digimon, especially the Digimon that actually helped the um, heroes get gone with the past when they died it was sad like it was so super depressing like it's it, like it got really dark towards the end of the first season so like digimon was a very early um introduction to animate uh for me and yeah, um, um i think, that, I think I, it started on Fox, i gotta say no? this about digimon um, man I, 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 I can so, never yeah. get into it. I remember seeing the first season and I was just like, I get this. Okay, Bakuman and all that shit. All right, whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. like, I guess the main characters just didn't gravitate the way. Because I loved Pokemon. Like, I'll be straight up. Like, Pokemon, I could tell you every single episode of the first season and beat by beat and how impactful it was. You, you cannot tell me that that mm-hmm. Charmander episode where mm-hmm. he has a fucking leaf carrying his uh, on top of his flame so he doesn't die in the rain. That's a fucking emotion right there, bro. That was fantastic. Like, Pokemon really took the tone for me. When I looked no, at Digimon, I was like... And yeah. I feel like there was a lot of carbon copies, bro. Like, Monster Rancher, Card Captors, Yu-Gi-Oh! And those are also good animes as well, too. But I feel like they all just had that paint by oh, numbers. Yeah. Well, see, the thing the thing that I liked about Digimon, though, and, and this is, like, another reason why I never got to a lot of animes. So, like, I, I don't like talked about shit don't talk about it i don't want to hear it let me get to it on my on my own and i loved loved pokemon i loved it absolutely loved it uh hitmochan was my favorite pokemon don't ask me why i don't know but it was it was fun i i loved him okay (laughs) um uh so the thing is though it's like everybody was into pokemon too nobody was really talking about Digimon. And then like, I think it was the Digimon game that I had found by accident. And so I started playing it on PlayStation, which to me, like that game almost had no point, but it was probably one of the funnest games I've ever played back in the day because I could never figure out how to like properly um, Digivolve my my Digimon. It it just never worked out. I always ended up as that little weird shit monster. Um, But it was just a really cool, really cool fun little show that i thoroughly enjoyed and like when i was playing outside like i was like, Bro, I was like no you know <laughs> that was <fun. laughs> everybody was yes okay i was <laughs> i wrote shit back in the day so you don't tell me shit <laughs> go for it lay off my digimon all right love it number two death note Death Note was one that I did not get into until after everybody was done with it. When it was popular, when it was in, I wanted nothing to do with it. Like everybody talked about it, and I, again, it that pushes me away. Yes, I'm that person. Those are usually like the assholes. that's like, oh, you just want to be one with the crowd. Like, no, I just don't want to hear it. Like, let me get into it on my own. You know, when I I try not to put when I'm trying to get somebody into something, I don't push them into it. Like I'm just like, yeah, you know, here you go. Um, but no, Death Note was just fantastic. And I thought the second season was amazing <laughs> and necessary. So fuck off. 
think <laughs> no because again yes yes at first i was like this does seem a little unnecessary but it's the way they tied it back up like right when everything goes right back to the original plot that's when i was like yes yes because that's how smell like the whole battle because like anyone who wants to see it i don't want to ruin anything for them but like the whole battle between light and l like from the very beginning like the way it established itself was just beautiful fucking beautiful you have two of the smartest guys against each other and just outwitting each other every single step of the way you know oh, i love season one season one is a very concise season there's there's shades of good, shades of bad, shades of gray right in the middle between um, um, light and L. But I also have to say this as well, too. The opening episodes mm. of season two, or the first five of them, are very convoluted. And I feel like the expansion of that universe hurt it a tad bit. Like you just said, once it got grounded, once it got back to brass tacks, is when things started making sense to you again. And I feel like that's not the best way or course of action. But I, I respect the fact that you love season two. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing, though. And, and sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, like, I guess, I guess because the questions were there, it's like, okay, how long can Light yeah. and L and, and, and what was her name, Misa Misa? How long can, like, can the whole show go with only them knowing about the Death Note? Like, you know, this obviously fell to Earth. Like, it has to be known. Like, other people have to figure this out. You know what I mean? Like, it, and to me, that played more on the whole realism of the show. Because, you know, it seems ridiculous. But now that more people can actually touch it, now that more people can actually get involved, and, you know, it, it's kind of like it, almost the idea of like a virus. Um, so I think that was also important because it's showing you that like, okay, this is a real thing and now like anyone can have it. So it's, it's, it, it also kind of proves the point that this needs to go away because okay. look what people that. are doing with it. So I thought it was very necessary. And uh, all right, I, I can see that. I just, I don't know. To me, season one felt so personal. And maybe just for me, it's just my honest opinion. It's just, that's me. It doesn't reflect you whatsoever. I just felt that because the mm -hmm. unknown was there, mm -hmm. it made it more personal for these two rivals. And when you're starting introducing new characters and people also signed off True. the book and whatnot, and now everybody can do it if you want to. It, it, yes, it opens it opens the doors and the world up, but, but it wasn't was... necessary to do that for the central story, for the central story. Well, yeah, but that was also more proof of how unhinged Light was becoming. Because, you know, even though it was a brilliant move, it was just showing how paranoid he was and how he was getting too wrapped into it that, you if know, anything, there were just too many loose ends. I would have really appreciated a prequel story. Or a prequel season. Yeah, they did. Mm, they kind of did that. In the movie, the movie if you have never seen Death Note like or seen like the read the manga, and you just stumbled onto Netflix and said, oh, what's this? I, 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 when I reviewed it, I said this is perfectly acceptable for people who have never seen the content, otherwise this movie. Now, if you're a fan of this, like that part when when Elsie <laughs> is Ryuk for the first time, he does that little pussy scream like, ah! It was stupid because in the anime and in the manga, he is stone cold. Like he is stone cold. Like he is like death stare. 
at everything. He, what did he say? He's like, I've been like, expecting he's so you. Stoic, like, and then you get this like, fucking excuse me? stupid <laughs> character in the live action adaptation. It was just scared of everything. Like, it's just not how I portrayed that character to be in a live action movie. They did do Japanese versions of 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 the movie or of the um, Japanese okay, movie versions of the anime, which were actually pretty decent. Yeah, no, no, there's two of them. One of them's a prequel, and then the other one's like okay. a, a actual kind of retelling of the whole thing. Live.